Hey guys, uh, we're not going to start the show with the same energy we usually bring. Uh, we will get to that energy, but uh, kind of a sad day in the hockey and sporting and Canadian history world. Um, we have Walter Gretzky pass away last night. He uh, he passed away just before the Leafs went to second intermission, and it kind of changed the tone of the whole night. Um, he was 82, and he passed away uh, just uh, just last night, and was all kind of feeling the effects of it today and i don't know if you guys watched sports center this morning but they i thought they did a really nice job like the first half an hour of the show was just dedicated to him and they had all all the analysts in there to talk about it like jeff o'neill uh ray ferraro craig button they were all just telling stories about him dave poolin was there too jay onright um and i thought it was a really nice touch and i just want to i think we should spend a couple minutes just talking about kind of the legacy he left behind and matt i'm going to start with you because you you started hockey kind of later on. Um, yeah, I did. L- later on, like I remember, you were probably eight or nine when you when you started playing. And I, like, were you aware of Walter Gretzky and what he had done for the game or the impact that he had? Yeah, of course I was. You just see it, like especially when you. I went to the uh, Brantford hockey tournament growing up, Josh. If you remember those, and uh, yeah. I think there wasn't a poster of Gretzky. I'm um, Wayne Gretzky. There's a poster of Walter. With um, it was the picture I'm blanking on it, but it was a picture with him and his arm around Wayne when Wayne's wearing that blue um, Under Armour thing. So yeah, people talked about him all the time. It was definitely motivational, and uh, there's always hockey players that we try to emulate, whether it's Gretzky, Crosby, McDavid. But he was a hockey parent that um, all the parents tried to emulate. So um, exactly. I definitely think it's kind of um a once in a lifetime kind of person and uh, legacy. Like we all hear the nice stories of him letting people go in his house and look at all the memorabilia. He was just a really nice guy. You saw Wayne loved him and he, Wayne Gretzky wouldn't have became Wayne Gretzky. And um, I know we talked about Gretzky, but he raised, um, I think a few other NHL players. Yeah. Five other siblings. Um, They played hockey all the time. They were really well-mannered. I think most of them are still working in hockey. Yeah. So I just think once you see that, it's not necessarily a one and done in terms of um, a hockey child. So he was obviously um, a great father. You heard the stories of him letting them play pond hockey for like 12 hours. And um, it's definitely hard to uh, see him pass. But I definitely think um, I think he should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame if he's not already. He should definitely be in there, like under the builder category, because he helped grow the game like. Yeah, immensely, right? And he had time for everyone. Um, like he would all—he was a huge Leafs fan. You always see him at Leafs games, you know, signing autographs, talking to kids, talking to parents, and you know, he'll be missed. He'll be definitely missed in the rink and around. And yeah, I don't know. Like he, I'm still kind of at a loss for words for it as I try to process the the the, the passing of him. But I just thought we should address the. I mean, Brandon, you probably have something to say on Walter Gretzky as well. If you want to mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was super touching that you mentioned on the broadcast of uh, Sports Center last night. I was actually, it was last night for me, right? So I was staying up late for some reason. And uh, after the Leafs game, after a loss especially, uh, I couldn't take my eyes away from the from the screen. And that was, uh, it was a special tribute. I got, uh, well, Canada or whatever, the world got access to a couple different you know, films and pictures that, you know, I've never seen before, Walter and Wayne and stories, like I mentioned, Dave Poulin allowing the Russian players, sorry, Dave Poulin mentioned the story of when Walter uh, allowed some of the most famous Russian hockey players over for dinner. And uh, 
snuck him some beers in the basement, which is something my dad would do, which yeah. uh, brings it all back to something that, you know, he had an impact on, you know, families across uh, not just Canada, but the world. You know, he had an impact on uh, the way, you know, people were in awe of backyard hockey rinks and how they made them. And, um, you know, personally, uh, I do have a couple um, memorabilia items that uh, I got from playing in Walter and Wayne Gretzky uh, related tournaments in Brantford, like Matt mentioned as well. And, uh, you know, he always would take the time to sign things for me and my team. I could imagine how many signatures that guy has uh, ever signed in his life. So, uh, you know, there was a story that if there was, you know, 200 kids and it was 10 p.m., you know, him and his son would have to wait until everyone was signed and everyone right. got their autographs and everyone got their time with, with Walter because that's just the type of guy he was. Um, yeah, you know, it is super sad. I don't want to spend too much time, you know, bringing, bringing, bringing my feelings further down at the moment, but uh, it, it's a really sad day and uh, it, it comes... Um, it could come it, it come, it came too soon, I would yeah. say. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, we just want to pay our respects to him and thank him for everything he did for the game. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's no easy way to move on here. So let's just get right to it. Uh, I messaged you guys earlier on the week that I wanted to open the show with a, with my rant, but it just seemed inappropriate with the past events that happened. So I'll, I'll do it now. Um, I'm sick and tired of people saying that the North Division is the easiest division in hockey. If you look at it, you look at these other divisions, Tampa gets to play Detroit a bunch of times. The team, the division with all the California teams is a freaking joke. And is it the, the East division? They're just beating off on each other anyway. If you take a look at the standings and you look at the teams Toronto has beaten, they have only beaten one, was one or two, depends where Vancouver is now after last night's win. The only they've only beaten one team in the bottom eight of the league. Like they do have a tough competition, and people are just. I, I honestly think if it was Montreal in first place or Vancouver or any other of these Canadian teams in first place, they'd be saying how oh wow they had such a good off season and oh wow uh, you, you know they're working really hard and they're doing a great job you know they're burying Toronto in the standings. And I just think it's that Toronto media trying to hate on everybody else. And it's going to come back to bite you when Toronto, you know, runs into the final four, you know, even makes it to the cup final. Like use your head a little bit, give your head a shake and actually take a look at the numbers and the teams playing and the hockey being played, the goals being scored. The North division is the most offensive division in the league right now. And Toronto is putting up fantastic defensive numbers. So what does that say about you? And then you get those dumbass you know, media personalities out of Boston, Washington saying, oh, you know, you got some big hits in this game. Don't see that in the North Division. I'm sorry, but the last time I checked the score sheet, hits don't win games. It's putting a puck in the back of the fucking net that wins a game. And you know who's doing that the most? Teams in the North Division. So give your head a shake. Like, let's wait. Let's wake up here and let's stop with the North Division slander because it is the most entertaining division. It's probably, you know, am I fair in saying it's the most competitive? I, I think there's an argument to be made. It's the most competitive. You know, Toronto's going into a three-game stand with Winnipeg after their next one with Vancouver. That's going to really set the tone for the rest of the year. Uh, so, you know, 
think before you speak. Um, and uh, yeah. one last thing, Edmonton fans who are you know messaging me directly on TikTok, I'm just going to ignore you because it's hilarious how butthurt you are about that little vi- tribute video I posted of McDavid going pointless. So, Matt, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, I'll just say, um, I know as Canadians, we love hockey and stuff, but I think we have to understand that, Josh, I was supposed to say something genius. Okay, yeah. So I think as Canadians, we just kind of have to understand that, like, since all the Canadian teams are in one division, I don't think Americans watch or really care about this division. Right. Like, I know that's kind of a hot take, but Josh, just what you're saying. As, well, no, uh, it's correct, right? Because are you – Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really watching any of the other divisions. Like, if it's exactly. all I so it, like, but I'm not actively seeking it out. Like, exactly. Like, I think Boston media, Tampa – well, the state of Florida, really, with Panthers playing good. Chicago, Detroit, all these other teams, like, they don't really need to keep an eye on the Leafs. You know what I'm trying to say? Right. So I think it's just so easy to discredit it and say, oh, it's bad. Oh, it's bad. And also something about the Canadian division that no one really understands. Like, you, actually, Josh, you said this. Like, the offense is so good, I understand why the defense looks bad, if you understand what I'm trying to say. Yes. But people have to understand that Chicago is in a playoff spot. Minnesota uh-huh. is in a playoff spot. So you can't say your divisions are so much better when I don't care how good they are this year. Those two teams are not good hockey teams. No. The Leafs would destroy them. Like, I think Montreal pro would probably beat both of them. So, like, I think, like, I don't know why this is always a conversation. Like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, it's a once-in-a-lifetime where these divisions are a thing. They might not still be a thing. We don't really know. And it doesn't matter. You just got to beat the teams that are in your division. So I think a lot of people need to wake up and stop comparing. Because, like, you just sound ridiculous. Even you said it, Josh. is like, oh, you're going to see Boston in the conference final. It's like, you know how happy Leaf fans would be if we went to the conference final? Like, I don't understand why this is a thing. And I'm tired of this narrative, too. Like, okay, I'll get to this point later. I just want to go quickly on the other divisions. So you look at the central division. Columbus, Nashville, Detroit, and Dallas – have to play Tampa, Carolina, Florida, and Chicago. That's the top and the bottom. That is four weak-ass teams in Columbus, Nashville, Detroit, and Dallas. Take a look at the Mass Mutual East. Rangers are a joke. Jersey are a joke. Buffalo is the laughing stock of the league. And Pittsburgh ain't that strong that this year either. And then you take a look at the West. Anaheim, San Jose, LA, Arizona, and Minnesota. That's five bad teams. How many bad teams do you have in the North? Ottawa, Vancouver? Like Calgary, and, Calgary and just made wasn't a even change. supposed to be bad. Right. Calgary just made a change, so they're probably going to pick it up a little bit. Montreal, we're not quite sure what they're doing, but Edmonton and Winnipeg, they're not bad teams. Right? So let's cut the crap with that. Also, stop saying, oh, you know, they haven't played Boston yet, or they still have to play Boston, they still have to play Tampa, they still have to play Vegas. No, you know what? They have to play us. Because take a look at the standings. Who is first? Who is top of the league by, what is it, like six points now? The team in first place, yeah, 38 points, leading the league by five points. You know what team that is? The Toronto Maple Leafs. You know who's looking up at them? 30 other teams. So we don't have to play them. They have to play us. If playoffs were to start right now, home ice, us, even though home ice would probably be in Buffalo if we're talking about it. So let's cut the crap. And appreciate this team for what they are. I think that's fair. Right, Brandon? Uh, yeah, I mean, those ways are – that was the the opening rant that was so uh, promised throughout the week. Then 
you know, maybe I don't know you as well because uh, I was expecting some 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 name drops and some ads. I, can drop, I can drop names if you want me to, man. But it's up to you. It's your rant. But uh, in terms of that, the 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 topic of uh, what you said generally, uh, my opinion is yes, uh, we are the first place team in the league. No, no matter how you look at it, and teams do have to realize that they have to play us as well. Um, personal notes on the Leafs though anyone like I'm missing Simmons still yeah so let's uh let's transition over the Leafs then I guess um I think we'll start with Brandon there I think they definitely did miss Simmons in that lineup last night um uh, yeah it wasn't necessarily a physical game by any means however it it was one of those games where there was no tone set for the Leafs right so they and uh, coming off a back-to-back it's 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 very foreseeable I guess to see that coming uh, however, there are players that, you know, that the Leafs have and have acquired that could do those uh, spark plug moments. Uh, and one of those would be Simmons, right? So uh, you miss a fight, you miss a big energy play last night, and you just don't get anything going. It looked pretty, uh, pretty stale. Uh, I noticed a lot of personal things about Matthews. The way he taped his stick is different now, and uh, Marner skates differently, apparently, to, to Josh. And um, yeah. Yeah, he, he uses his inside edge. Like, Gosh, you need to fuck everything. off. You don't like Marner for some unknown reason. No, I changed my but, mind. Um, no, you're yeah. – no, Brandon, let me just get to the guard play. Josh, you were proven wrong. You said was. he wasn't a – yeah, I know. But, like, you've never said Mitch Marner proved me wrong. I apologize. Mitch, Marner, pro- Mitch Marner proved me wrong. I mean, he's got to keep it up. No, no, no. You need to apologize. Young. Apologize. Apologizing to, for a guy doing his job. His face is red. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the fucking lighting in here, man. Let me see. Don't blame the lighting, Brandon. You're saying something. Uh, it was. It's hard to watch. I was gonna. I don't know if it's really a question to pose now, but we can, we can mention how uh, Matthews is in a in a scoring drought, or, or or for for lack of better for terms, I guess, right? Like he hasn't scored in two games since he's been back, obviously from a two I thought, game. I thought you were gonna say five games for a second. I was about to reach through the screen and slap you. No, he wasn't no, playing for three two, of them. Two, two games. He didn't play for a couple as well. But I mean still do you think that that's a little bit of a slump in comparison to his hot start? Um, no, because last night I think they were they were goalied. Um you know they look like a team off coming off no. a back to they look like a team coming off a back to back with their third goalie in net, which is what happened. And he had he had a wide open net uh, on one of his chances. Demko made a couple of good saves on him. Uh, you know, you you get that chance again, and your Matthews, you're probably scoring that. So I'm not too worried about Matthews right now because he's still getting those high danger chances. Um, if he wasn't generating anything in the offensive zone, that's when I would start to worry. And you know, he's probably going to pop off on uh, tomorrow night, right? Yeah, Josh, I'm kind of with you. I don't really care. Especially because, like, especially a season, a season like this, I think it's so important for like mini game segments. Like we play three games against Edmonton, two against Vancouver. Exactly. But you guys cared a lot when David went scoreless for three games. But that was in one segment. Matthews didn't score. This could be one segment, and if it goes one more game. But okay, I I personally think the one game in Edmonton that's mentioned. What would happen if I made a TikTok about Austin Matthews getting no points, Joshy? No, but it's different. Dude, it's, don't do it's it. It's different. not worth the hate. It's not worth the hate on TikTok. It's not worth it. I Sorry, just man. think I just think against Edmonton, the first game, we won 6-1. So, like, to be honest, I don't really care who scores if we win 6-1. I'll take that yeah. every day. Yeah, that's Other the difference, than, right? Toronto exactly. Other than we flew to Vancouver. Demko stood in his head. 
We talked about that in the live stream last night. And it's like Josh said, he had lots of chances. So in my opinion, Saturday, I agree with you, Brandon. If he plays bad Saturday, I assume we'll be talking about that on Monday. But he didn't play bad. If he doesn't score on Saturday, I assume we'll be talking about that on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. But the segment that's really important is the three games against Winnipeg. Yeah. So, like, even if we lose against Vancouver next game, I'll be pissed, obviously. But it's okay, because I just think that Winnipeg stretch is so important. That, that Winnipeg series is going to be something that really sets the tone going forward, right? Because they're going to be uh, they're going to be the two teams really battling it out for that first spot. Well, if we win, it's done. Like, kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah, I so think we're what, so far what, ahead. That's what I wanted to ask you guys. Like, say they win on Saturday, and then they win against the three games against Vancouver. Uh, against uh, Winnipeg. Do you think that's the division wrapped up? Yeah, kind of. Maybe not wrapped up, but I think we can definitely slow down. Like maybe Thornton and Spezza will come out for some rest a few times. Maybe Freddie will play a little more, like just kind of heal the injury a little bit more. Maybe Matthew sits a few games for his wrist. So I definitely think you're going to see a lot more. I don't want to say load management, but I think they'll be smarter in their approach a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like they'll give a, some other guys, some power play time. Maybe they call up Robertson. I yeah. think that's when you can actually assess for the trade deadline and not really worry about the wins and losses as much in terms of it doesn't affect you that much in the standings. Right. So you brought up the trade deadline, and um, it's been reported Toronto's out there looking for – and we kind of touched on this last night in our in our Orion Sportscast intermission show, which I had fun with. Um, <laughs> you know, Toronto's in the market for a top six – forward who are they looking at who are they giving up and how do, how do they pull this off in what time frame because you just say scott hartnell and what time frame do they pull this off because uh if you get a player from the states it's a two-week quarantine so i personally when we talked about it last night uh taylor hall i think could be an option if you're looking for a top six d uh top six forward he's going to want out of buffalo um but that's going to cost you like matt do you have some ideas of names here that toronto could be looking at well i definitely think we should go all in i think i've made that clear on this show that was the general message that we got last night exactly like we don't i just think we don't have an opportunity like this again you know what i'm trying to say Mm-hmm. And I agree with Josh. I don't know if you said this flat out, but I think everyone kind of knows it. Because of the two-week thing, we have to kind of go about it differently. Because I was looking at the trade deadline day, and it's March 12th against – and we played Montreal and that day. And then the two weeks, the player would be out for eight games. Like So I think that's the trade, dramatic. The tra- is like the on trade, trade deadline. It's April 12th. That's the date. On the oh, Monday. I, thought, I thought you said March 12th, sorry. Sorry, Monday, April 12th is a trade deadline. And if we make a trade on that day and it's an American team, there would be out two full weeks. And in those two full weeks, we play Winnipeg four times. Oh. So I definitely think that we're going to have to do it maybe a week before. or if there, I think traction will be gained the first week of April. But in terms of the guys that's on my list, I definitely think uh, Taylor Hall and Eric Stahl both of them is on the list and seeing what's happening in Nashville right now. Like this is going to be crazy to see. We're going to have to pay a lot more, but I think Philip Forsberg and, and Ekholm, I think you look at those two. I don't want anybody from Nashville. They have one, but both of them have an extra year on their contracts, which I think can be golden for the Leafs. It's kind of like a, a Muslim thing. And I just think you have your left wing 
You have another star defenseman. It's going to cost you probably two first-round picks, Sandine plus. But I just definitely think in terms of going for it, that's the type of deal I would look for. Another D and probably a left winger. And right. a third-line center, maybe. Right. Like, if I'm Dubas, I'm looking at bringing in a big name because you're going to – well, not necessarily a big name, but someone that can make a big impact, right? Like, I think we yeah. – you know, we A were big talking... scoring piece. We were talking last night, like if you're looking at Taylor Hall, it's probably costing you, what do we say, Brandon? It was Kerfoot, VC, and a first. Yeah, well, we're, we're hoping that Buffalo would take half of the salary, right? They would so. have to, yeah. No, they, they will, to. they will, yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, and then you're only getting like 20 games out of Taylor Hall. And the time frame we're looking at here, I think it's, it's, I think it's around mid-March. Toronto, there's a stretch where they play five games in two weeks. That's where the trade will most likely be made. Because um, then you can get that player in quarantine and he's only missing a couple games as opposed to what Matt said, four games against Winnipeg. Like, I think there's a there's a stretch there where they play five games, three of them against, like, Ottawa and two against Vancouver or something. Um, you know, so there's a nice stretch there where you can start bringing in pieces, you know, really evaluate where your team's at while the rest of the team is getting rest as well. Um, but it's going to be real interesting to see what happens. And... It's going to be, we haven't seen this in a while. It's going to be a buyer's market this year for the trade deadline. Not just, not just in Canada, but all over because teams have been told, like the owners have told these GMs, we don't have money. We can't bring in any more contracts. So what you have is what you got, um, you know, but then the big markets like Toronto's going to be looking to add because they have money. I think Montreal might do something. Um, and then outside, like maybe Boston and maybe a couple of the New York teams, but other than that, I don't think we really are going to see much movement. So, uh, but yeah, I, I'm super excited to see what goes on at the trade deadline. And uh, I think we're going to see a lot of movement to just a few teams, if that makes any sense. So we'll see. Right, Brandon? We will. We will see. There's not too much news on that right now because no deals have happened. No, it's all speculation. Uh, so another surprising turn of events last night. Uh, the Flames win 7-3 and then immediately fire their coach. Can I go off on this? Yeah, go ahead. This is Brad Travel Traveling. How do you say it, Brad? What is it? Brad Treliving. Treliving. This is his fifth head coach. Yeah. Josh, I sent you the tweet. Yep. If I'm an owner... That's inexcusable, no? Actually, you know what? Let's just say it's his fourth, because I don't think the Bill Peters situation we could throw in there. He was sure you can. The owner, no, but he, no, but I he hired Bill Peters. But like, I think like, yeah, Josh, I understand, but I, I just think that's kind of a tricky situation. So you might want to give your GM the benefit of the doubt, or at least hear him out in terms of I had no idea. Everyone I talked to said good things. I'm so sorry. Sure. So like, I wouldn't use that. But anyways, even what three is enough like I just think it's too long they've had minimal success as a franchise since 2014 when he's been there I think they won the president's trophy once and that's it they always get killed in the playoffs and also Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monaghan say what you want about them they've only made six million dollars their whole career I think that's enough money so you get other pieces in there and you can do something but no they've been bad the Sam Bennett pick, which was his first draft pick, didn't really work out. Matthew DeChuck pick worked out, but that was three years ago. What were you doing in between those three years? So I'm so sick of all these Canadian franchises throwing the coach under the bus. You see it happen in Vancouver with Travis Green a little bit. 
Mark Bergevin does it all the time. I don't understand why these GMs aren't fired. Those three teams in specific, Calgary, Vancouver, and Montreal. Like these GMs have to go, no? I think GMs have to go. Um, I do think we need to look at uh, the state of the NHL and its finances while analyzing this move because it's cheaper to bring in a new coach than it is to bring in a new GM, if that makes sense. Uh, GMs tend to make... I think a little bit more in, in some markets are an exception. I think Toronto is one of those. Um, but I found it very strange, especially after a win. Uh, I guess they had a, the guy in mind. And what, what's his, uh, one of the Sutters, um, I'm blanking on his first name. Daryl. Daryl Sutter's coming in uh, to take over. He is, and we'll get to, we'll get to why I think they brought him in in a minute. Um, but I think this is Trevelling's, you know, I think this is his last bullet, you know, outside of maybe moving one of his superstars. I think this is the last move he can make as a GM before ownership goes, okay, bye. We'll see you later. Cause the flames are trying to complete a jigsaw that they don't have all the pieces to. But and I don't think they're going to find those pieces with this move. I disagree in terms of Josh, they gave Daryl Sutter a three-year contract this year. And then two years after that's so probably kinda, what he asked for, though, right? Because he wasn't yeah, but, he's not, no, but not in the game. My point is, I think it's absurd from the standpoint as that means Brad Traveling has three more years, no? Because what are you going to do? Fire a GM, but you're going to fire a GM, Traveling, hire another GM, and then that GM's not going to have his coach. So Daryl Sutter's going to get fired and not get re-signed in three years. Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. I just think when you hire a GM, they should come with their own coach. Like you saw Dubis and Keith, Lamorello, Babcock, like kind of as a, in a partnership. So, so I think Calgary's building so for failure right now. Brad Chevelling re-signed in Calgary, just says multi-year contract extension in 2019. So they've committed to him long-term for some unknown reason. Yeah. So we'll see. But um... Also, something that we didn't talk about in Calgary is uh, – there's rumors Matthew Tuchuk's very unhappy with his teammates not sticking up for him. He feels like he's the only one in the battle. Did you guys see all these reports? Yeah, so I wanted to talk about that because I thought the Flames looked disorganized and uninterested the last couple times, and it kind of seems to be since the Muzzin puck flip. Uh, Brandon brought this up with me uh, a couple – was it last show or the show before where their warm-up was just an absolute mess? It was embarrassing. Um, like they were tripping over each other, colliding with one another, pucks being flipped up and all that. So, um, you know, you can't really pick apart a team too much from warm-up, but when you see that and combined, that with, their, combined with their recent gameplay, that's why I think they bought in Daryl Sutter because he's not going to take that crap. He's going to want to see organization. He's going to want to see discipline, and he's going to want to see a cohesive unit with the team. You know what I mean? Uh, Is this what you had to say on Daryl Sutter? Yeah, I mean, he's that type of coach. Um, any clo- any closing thoughts on the Flames? Well, the problem is, yeah, he's that type of coach, but he's coaching Johnny Goudreau. Like, fuck. I don't see Johnny Goudreau blocking shots or doing all the old school stuff that the LA Kings did. Like, I like you guys remember those Kings teams in 2012, 2014. I'll stop you right there. He's coached, man. I like, he's, I think he's coached like three or four different NHL teams. They all play differently. He's a really, he's a good coach for adjusting his gameplay with the players he gets. Yeah, but Josh, like, this is a different era. Like, I understand what you're saying, but I'm not going to take the coachings that he done in 2008 and use it now. 
Like I, I like, I think the only recency bias you can do is in coaching. Like, I don't care what you've done past 2010. And then in, in 2010, like it was the Kings. So like, I'm not only looking at the Kings, but I'm like, why do you think this guy who's been in the league for 30 years is going to have success with where the game's going now? Like I told you guys, I think Calgary needs a reset. I would give the captaincy to Chuck overnight. Goudreau and Monahan's contracts are, are, um, almost up Goudreau um Giordano's like 37 like so I don't understand where Calgary wants to go here like I think they should do like a retool kind of on the fly and see if they can kind of miss and match some pieces but like in reality Monaghan's not good enough for a number one center Giordano is a number one defenseman but he's 38 and your other best player into Chuck is 21 like do you know what I'm trying to say like I think so many people are at different stages of their hockey career that it's not working out like, you look at the Leafs, Marner, Matthews, Riley, Nylander, they're all in between 23 to 25. And then we got good veterans like Tavares, Thornton, and Spezza, Brody, just to kind of help them out. Mm-hmm. But I don't see Calgary having any planning when it comes to roster building whatsoever. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I think if your top two players are 21 and 37, you have a fucking problem. Yeah. No, I get what you mean. Um fuck Calgary's so bad like I actually get angry like I just think I just think they did all this to mess up like who on earth thought trade James Neal for Lucic was a good idea like I'm so confused me too Matt I, I, I don't really have any opinions on Calgary because they're so yeah. bad you don't even have an opinion Josh like, like, honestly like <laughs> okay, yeah them in Winnipeg it's like okay who cares well, I know we have lots of opinions on Montreal, so we can move yeah. over to that. Montreal's with, uh, dumb too. Calgary, but uh, let me start. I guess I'll I'll introduce the breaking news is that they fired their goalie coach apparently mid game. I didn't know yeah. this. Yeah, yeah Bertrand's weird. They, we've said that multiple times on the show now that he's a weird guy. He's a weird bird. So they bring in someone else. I don't even know his name. Do you guys know who? Sean they Burke. Right. Uh, who I thought was a very strange move because he was sniffing around a GM job like a couple yeah. weeks before. So I don't know why you're coming in as a goalie coach, but he's also taking on a role of overseeing goaltending throughout the whole organization. So all the way down to the ECHL, all the way through the development overseas, stuff like that. Um, and th- I think this all stems from Carey Price and the former, uh, I can't remember his name, the former goalie coach had an argument a couple days before. And then Carey Price is having the game of his life um, against the who are they playing? The Jets? I don't know, the Senators? Know. Might have been the Senators. Okay, well, I could do that. But, um, you know, they just fire him mid-game and Bergevin said, no, I didn't talk to Carey Price before I did this and no, there was no uh, fighting amongst the team, but it's been, report, it's been reports that there was some arguments going on. And what is fighting this year? I don't know what a new goalie coach is going to do for Carey Price, who's been in the league for what ten years now. Like, Mark Bergman yeah. said, uh, there was a quote that he said, uh, "Yeah, while Carey Price, and don't get me mistaken here, it's not the exact quote, but." Uh, some along the lines of Carey Price is the, one of the best goalies in the league right now, but he still needs some help, which was kind of eyebrow raising because uh, if I was Carey Price, I wouldn't necessarily argue that me needing help had to be publicized like that. Wait, his GM said that about him? Yeah, let me go find it. 
Yeah, so um, I'll just talk while Brandon finds that quote. I just think, like, I just think the whole Carey Price situation is so much unadded attention. Like, I think firing a goalie coach now gets a lot of, like, a buzz. But if you fire the goalie coach in July, I don't think anyone knows. Would you agree with that, Josh? Uh, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. especially in the middle of a game. Like, were, exactly. they, were they trying to just sneak it out there? Like, so yeah, like, the quote is on TSN. First, Ben says, Carey is still an excellent goalie, but he will need help. Yeah, I don't know if I want my GM saying that about me. That seems weird. We should do a game one day of uh, the first thing, uh, guessing the first thing that comes up to uh, search bar on uh, Google when you type in NHL players' names or GM's names because the first thing that came up when I typed in Mark Bergevin was his arms and his muscles. And I remember that photo going around, and I was so heartbroken when I found out it was Yeah, so I think that would be kind of interesting. But regardless, moving back to the Montreal situation uh, and the personal Carey Price situation, like I said, I wouldn't want that being – uh, publicized if I was Carey Price. Uh, I think, um, you know, the benefit of adding a goalie coach right now is uh, probably for reasons beyond the actual goalie mm-hmm. position itself. Maybe, you know, the organization wants this individual in for other reasons. So they got to introduce him to the, to the branches of the organization that could be available for openings and I guess they saw something that could be moved around in the goalie department right so yeah it was a very strange move a quick round table before we move on to the next one which is gonna be a fun one um is Montreal making the I got two actually so we'll start my first one it's my new segment Josh's round table is Montreal making the playoffs yes or no Grant you can go first yeah, I think so. Matt? I think they will. But I think they're going to make it by default because Calgary and Vancouver just are bad. But yes, Montreal will get the fourth spot. I'm going to go with no. I'll go with no on this one. Uh, they currently sit in fourth place in the division with 26 points. Calgary's behind them with 24. And Vancouver's not too far behind with 22 uh, Montreal, Montreal has two games and five games in hand. Yes, they do have games at hand, but Calgary just made uh, a coaching change, which I think will give them, you know, that new coach bump. And Montreal's on a downswing. Uh, you know, in their last 10, they're two, four, and four, which isn't the best record. So uh, I think they'll, I think, I think they'll miss. And the second one I got for you, does Carey Price finish his, finish his contract in Montreal or is he moved? Um, I think this is kind of a tough situation just in terms of uh, we don't know if the cap's going up, you know, like if the cap was what it was projected to be a few years ago right now, I think he would definitely be moved just because I think you could throw in maybe a sweetener or maybe someone wants to take a flyer, but also he has a no move and he has five years at 10.5. So if he keeps playing like this, I think it's going to get ugly really fast, but no, I'll, I'll say he finishes his career as a Montreal Canadian. Brandon. Well, how much I'm, he's got six years left after this five years after this i don't think he'll finish his contract as a montreal canadian i don't know if he'll finish his career as i don't know if that part of the question was relevant to me but the part of the question that i'll answer is that i don't believe he would uh by the nature of his playing this year i don't think that he could possibly uh be Yes. Okay. I have a really good transition. So speaking of finishing your career in places, 
but we're no. Just, uh, we're yeah, touching just, this really quickly before we get to Ovi. Zach Parise and Brent Seabrook. Nice. Yeah. So uh, just to give some background, yeah. Zach Parise was a healthy scratch for the first time in Minnesota, which is kind of funny because Minnesota, I don't care how good they're doing, they're not good. And um, they, their depth is obviously questioned. But this stemmed from an incident, actually. The goalie was pulled. And Zachary, they took a little bit of a long shift. I think it was a minute and a half, Josh. Okay, was yeah, it? but okay, I saw, I saw some. Wasn't he trying to get his teammate a hat yeah. trick? So, yeah. okay. so when it's an empty net, if someone needs to get a hat trick or any type of milestone, you kind of look for him. But there are some like obvious things like you don't do that when you're by up by two. You only exactly. do that when you're up by two. So he took a long shift, and Zach, he's a pretty smart hockey player. I think we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And his reasoning after the game, talking to the Minnesota reporters, was I saw one of their guys change, and I thought I could make a play. I couldn't make the play, and they went the other way and scored. And in my opinion, I think a lot of people are debating, was this the only reason he got scratched, infighting, infighting? I'm like, I think it is the only reason he got scratched. I think the Minnesota Bill Guerin and their group, who's a new management group, looks at it and says, okay, we need accountability in the locker room. We have a lot of young guys, Kaprizov, Fiala, um, so I think we just need accountability. So we were not comfortable with you taking mid and a half shift in that situation. And I think you're going to need to sit. And also they did try to trade him to the Islanders last summer. So I do yeah. think this relationship is souring a little bit, but I think when you're 36, I think you're so much a pro- professional, especially Parise. I don't see this like going too far. If you know what I mean, Josh. Yeah. Uh, he was tried, he was supposed to be moved for, was it Andrew Ladd in the off season and that, not the off yeah, season, correct. last Trade season, deadline. then that didn't happen. Then the whole, you know, the world kind of shut down. So put that on hold, but his contract's ridiculous. His contract's actually illegal now by NHL standards. Yeah. Uh, was it him? It was Parise and um, Sutter, Ryan Sutter, Sutter with those stupid contracts. So which are extremely front end loaded. Um, yeah, I think his time's almost done. Uh, if they'll move him, I don't know. He does have a no trade clause, but you know, if he doesn't waive it, Minnesota might just say, okay, sit there. And uh, moving on to Brent Seabrook, he retired after 15 seasons. Great now, career. Now, I, I haven't seen this. Yes, he did have a great career, three cups. Um, you know, Chicago wouldn't have those cups without him. But did he officially retire? So he is giving up the rest of his contract. I'm told he's – I think he's going on LTIR because he still has $28 okay. million dollars owed. Yeah. So he that... will be on LTIR. Okay. So he's retired. Yeah. So there's no uh, cap penalty like what happened with Luongo, nothing like that. Yeah. It's my assumption from reading on Twitter. I don't think there's been an official ruling yet, but I do think Brent Seabrook is going on retirement for the purpose of LTIR. So the Chicago Blackhawks would not be screwed. Right. Great career by Seabrook. He had a – he was all – All of fame? Fun. All of fame? Ooh, I think you, with three cups, you got to. I would say no. Oh. Only just because I know you won three cups, but if on every team I can name five players better than you, I don't think. Okay. You know what I'm trying to say, Josh? Yeah, fair enough. Maybe fair it's enough. like the Phil Kessel effect, but I definitely think Kane, Taze, maybe. No, Kane, Taze, Keith, and Seabrook should all four of them should have statues outside of the uh, arena with MJ. And Crawford. Maybe Crawford. But if I throw in Crawford, my, I might have to throw in Hosa and Sharp, no? Okay, maybe Hosa should... wasn't a true Blackhawk. Hosa went bouncing around for years with Detroit and Pittsburgh trying to get no, a No, but I just think I just maybe, think maybe, it makes maybe it look we, better. Maybe we don't need a statue. We just need like a mural painted on the wall. 
Okay. But Kane and Tay is definitely like an actual statue beside yeah, MJ. No, yeah, for sure. Okay. So speaking right. of greats, I want to, I want to tee this up. I've been excited for this one. Okay. I'll flip it to you after I tee up yeah. the, you teeing it up. Okay. Right. So speaking of greats, Alexander Ovechkin paid a $5,000 fine. Josh, what happened and what was the situation? Uh, so Trent Frederick, Fred, Frederick or Fredrickson. Doesn't matter. He's not good enough to get the credit. Okay. He was trying to fight Ovechkin. Uh, by the way, Trent is a rookie in the league. He was trying to fight Ovechkin. He went after him once and he left, went after him again. And Ovechkin went, you know what? Fuck you. And just cowbelled him right on the blue line. So a cowbell is where you take your stick and you just hoof somebody right in the testicles, which doesn't feel very good. The, the jock does not help. And he was fined five grand for this. Now, that is less than 1% of Ovechkin's yearly salary. And I did the math. So let's assume, okay, let's assume we all make $40,000 a year. Okay, I did the math based off that. Matt, if I could tell you that for $21, you could kick anybody you wanted in the nuts and face no consequences whatsoever, would you do that for $21? Yes, I would. I saw this going around Twitter. And just to be honest, I would pay hundreds because I just think that that could hurt someone so bad. And wait, are you talking about just on the street or like in a hockey setting? Just on the street. Okay, yeah, because if you have no jock and I do that with a hockey stick or my foot, you're done. Yeah. So Brandon, uh, would you pay that fine? Yeah, that uh, I don't want to say that I'm the type of person to just do that. No, I'm, of, not, I'm not suggesting you do it, but if the option was given. However, if it was a situation where the guy really – Okay, the individual really deserved the old kick to the gonads, you know. I'll, I'll give him the old 50-yard field goal. Yeah, I thought it was like I, – I thought a suspension was coming because that was – like he didn't even try and hide it. It was just – I a, don't think it was a suspension just because you obviously saw what the kid did leading yeah. up to that for like what? First of all, I don't – if you're Boston, the Boston's the home team too. Why is this kid always on the ice when Ovi's on the ice? What strategy is that like – don't you get the Bergeron line out? The guy can fight, though. Yeah, I know. I've seen him throw the him. The guy uh, can fight. This background on this kid, he's really annoying. I think in a full season, the HL, he had 150 penalty minutes, which is kind of unheard of. Why are you talking age. about the other guy? <laughs> no, because it's funny. Oh. I have a funny story. I have a funny story. So everyone should go up and look him versus P.K. Subban because the Boston Bruins have a documentary every year where they mic up the players, and he's yelling at P.K., Oh my God, you Instagram, and then that WH word. Like, stop posting your workouts. Nobody oh. cares. Josh, have you seen this clip? Yeah, I was trying to figure out what swear word you were trying to describe there. Well, I don't want to say that word because it's very misogynist and usually attached to women. But anyways, he did, he did say a lot of mean stuff at PK. So this guy is just trying to make a name for himself. I saw Boston play the Rangers um, a few weeks ago, and he was going after Panarin. Why? And He was what? there. Sorry. Well, yeah, Brandon, it's not funny. Anyways, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, this guy just goes after everybody. And, uh, yeah, so what's next, boys? Well, I just, like, why, yeah, I, I don't understand why this guy was going after Ovechkin. Like, he goes after everybody. I just gave I you know. context. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Uh, let's move away from hockey for a little bit. And I think, Brandon, you can run with this one because you're, you're kind of our basketball insider. Uh, the Raptors are kind of fucked. Um, they've been hit by COVID hard. And I got a question for you. So whenever an, uh, an NBA team has like a COVID outbreak, 
they don't really give a reason why. But the NBA is reporting that the Raptors had this outbreak because of inconsistent mask wearing among the coaching staff. Why all of a sudden is the NBA targeting the Raptors for this? Huh. They're in Florida. Josh, you clearly know a little bit more about me than I a, bit, a little bit more about the situation than I do from that report. That's uh, we can talk. Oh, we, oh, there's such an interesting thing to talk about in terms of uh, mask wearing. We, we forgot about the Pittsburgh Penguins media situation uh, with them photoshopping masks onto fans and pictures. But oh, fuck, right? Yeah, we'll talk about that another time. Uh, the that's right. The NBA releases a statement that addresses the overall like NBA coronavirus uh, statistics weekly or bi-weekly or something like that and uh they don't say too much uh from an organizational standpoint when like the toronto rappers released a statement but they the nba did mention uh the specific uh characteristics that the toronto raptors were not displaying i guess uh in terms of covid protocols uh i haven't dug too deep into it i'm not too aware that the coaches weren't wearing their masks do you know exactly what that was about well, no, because we don't have, obviously, right now, nobody has access to the change room, so maybe it was in there. I mean, I know when Nick Nurse is yelling at the ref, he just pulls his mask down and yells at him. Right, um, yeah, that's maybe, what I was maybe, thinking about, too. Yeah, maybe it was that, but I just thought it was really weird that they went after them this way. I mean, what, are they still down five coaching staff and four players or something like that? So. so for the first time uh, this year, this NBA shortened season, the Toronto Raptors have had two games postponed in one week. Mm-hmm. And uh, even when they played those games, I think they've been down considerable uh, amount of players. Uh, OG, Kyle Lowry, uh, Pascal, and their coaching staff included. So I'm not too sure how it is getting cleaned up right now in terms of the situation. I hope everyone's okay physically and healthy. But, uh, you know, I hate seeing the Raptors have games canceled. I hate seeing anyone have games canceled. But uh, it, 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 it it took us by surprise because it, it had happened to a lot of teams before us. Yeah, just kind of a shame. And they drop a they drop an absolute diaper to um, oh, who did they lose to before Boston? Uh, Pistons. Yeah, they yeah. you know they they lose an absolute diaper of a game to them, and then they yeah it was pretty close against Boston last night. I was kind of impressed by that, but that one against Detroit, they probably could have won that maybe. I don't so, know. Yeah, but, that brings up a good point because yeah. uh, we don't want to spend too much time on the NBA. We have a lot of things to get to. However, the uh, Detroit Pistons and Blake Griffin have agreed on a buyout on his right. contract, which will land him uh, in, as a free agent, I would imagine. So that would be the title of his his uh, of Blake Griffin. And uh, I don't even – I wish I could – we could have a great conversation on where he, his potential destinations would be. We can all just pick a team. Yeah, so that's the thing though right like for me personally it, it's hard because there is a reason why Blake Griffin isn't really the most attractive name attractive name right now his stats have actually kind of gone down drastically over his career and lately too I, I'm not saying I want to see him on the Raptors so I'll just get that out of the way right away because uh, the Raptors deserve a little bit of a more uh... he's going to the bathroom okay um, personally I believe that the Raptors don't deserve uh, a player kind of just coming off of I'm looking for an inspiring player not right. someone who's decreasing he's not, he's not uh, bringing value to the team uh, as Matt's question before he comes back well this might take him a couple minutes who knows um, Blake Griffin would be a good addition to a team in the NBA 
like, I don't know. I, everyone can make a case for the Lakers. Yeah, um, that's like I'm thinking like the Lakers, the Clippers, or maybe the Knicks. It could even go to the Heat. The Heat are a popular team for free agents apparently, and the Heat make big pushes on notable names too. So this mm-hmm. is something that could fit right with them. Uh, the Heat are a franchise that take chances on players to like give them a redemption shot in their career. You can see that in uh, Jimmy Butler and Andre Iguodala right now, and uh, they've kind of re they've re I don't know what the word of it re the rest of the word uh, reinstated re something reinvigorated redefined redefined their career uh, in Miami and uh, Blake Griffin could easily have the potential to do that in one year or two years uh, in Miami because. Um, you know, he uh, he is an athletic player. He can still dunk and he can still shoot. And as he's got older, he's actually taken uh, more of a increased amount of time to uh, put into his shooting and his dribbling because uh, obviously he wasn't that be able to physically be the high flying dunker he was throughout his young career. Um, right. I, am I wrong in saying like I'm not a, I I'm not a, the biggest basketball fan, so I'm not really going to be following the Detroit Pistons, but Am, am I correct in saying Blake Griffin will do somewhere well, do well somewhere where he's not like the guy? Yeah. Like he'd yeah, be better where someone else is the defining uh, one. Especially at his age, right? You know, although he might have been the guy back in uh, the LA Clippers days and maybe early uh, Detroit Piston days, I think that for most players coming off of. Uh... You good? Yeah, I thought I heard you. Yeah. Good. Most uh, uh, aging, skilled players, all former All Stars, they're looking to be uh, a, an asset to a to a team, right? They're looking just to be a, a, a slid in piece of the puzzle. They're not looking to be the. I mean, how how confident are you going to feel, Josh, if you're Blake Griffin and you're gonna and the team is going to say, oh, okay, we want you mid season. We're just going to build around you, and you're like 36 and you're kind of dying down. Yeah. And you don't want that. You just want to be. We're gonna we're gonna build around Blake Griffin. Now Blake Griffin wants to be the side piece to. Uh, a LeBron, a Giannis, um, maybe, oh, maybe even a Luka maybe Doncic. the Bucks, like maybe even a Luka Doncic. He could be on the Mavs. That could be something. So, uh, Matt, if you have an idea on where he would like to, where he would go, we can move right along back on to Matt's debates right after that. Yeah, well, we would definitely have to apologize to the owner of the Clippers because uh, I think he tried to shake his hand and Blake Griffin ran away or something. It doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah, that did happen. But do you think yeah. he's going to go back to the Clippers because of that? Yeah, Wait, I think. Okay, so all that context, it's not as bad as it sounds. So, you know when they shoot before games, Josh? Yeah. The so, new, Steve Ballmer. For, Steve for Ballmer. Yeah, Steve Ballmer, the Microsoft guy. Yeah, that's Steve Ballmer, who bought the Clippers. One of his first moves was getting rid of Blake Griffin. So, he kind of tried to walk over and shake Blake Griffin's hand. And you know how after they're done shooting, they run and sprint to the locker room? He did that kind of early. And then, like, Brandon, did he make eye contact with them, or did he just kind of yeah, see so like, him It was pretty clear. I'll send you the video after this, Josh. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Steve Ballmer got intentionally out of his seat. Yeah, uh, he, it, like, got uh, up. Directly in this eye path of Blake Griffin and kind of extended his hands. Blake Griffin, you could see, looked at him, put his hands down, and, like, did a Naruto sprint, you know, that, that anime sprint right to the locker room. Just didn't look at him, uh, didn't acknowledge him. And uh, it was kind of actually funny because uh, – you could see Steve Ballmer like try to hide the fact that he just got his hand shaked. Okay, but to be denied. fair, I would also run away from Steve Ballmer. Guys, I'm gonna go find it right now, but let's move on to Matt's debates. Yeah, let's get to it, Matt. We got four questions today, right? Yes, we do. 
And these four are actually really good. Some of them are funny. Some of them are actually really good debate questions. But the first one, after this season, should the Toronto Maple Leafs re-sign Frederick Anderson and Zach Hyman? And if so, what contract would you be offering them? I'll go first. I will say no to re-signing Frederick Anderson uh, because you got Jack Kemble. And I will say, yes, you do need to re-sign Zach Hyman because he brings something to this team that other players do not have and do not bring and is not easy to find. Uh, Hyman is a Toronto-born guy. He's got book deals here. I think he's got like a couple car deals. He realizes the value that being a Toronto Maple Leaf brings. A $2 million contract in Toronto versus a $2 million contract in Winnipeg. The Toronto one is worth more because of the endorsements you get, the perks you get, the people you know, the living situation, the style, the popularity of the team, the, well, perks, of being, the perks of being an alumni. It's true, though. And no, but what on. contract would you give him? I would give him – I think he realizes the value. His agent is smart, uh, and they're going to look for somewhere between 3.7 to 4.2 over a two-year deal and wait until the salary cap's lifted when he can go and earn his money. That's a That's the question. Uh, should the Maple Leafs re-sign Hyman and Anderson? And if so, for how much? Hyman and Anderson. I was under the impression that it might be only a la- capable to do one of those. Yeah, you can, you can yeah sure. Sure. Um, okay, if I was going to take one or the other, I would take the contract that has Hyman stay with us for whatever price that would be, I guess. Uh, in terms of finding another goalie right away, that's a starter. Uh, who knows if that's with us currently and Jack Campbell or whatever in our system. However... Yeah, so I hope Josh just saw that video. The guy just, yeah, sorry, he just he totally ran on it. He knew what he was doing. Super funny, yeah. 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 So uh, back to, um, I I don't know how much Frederick Anderson would be asking for on his next deal. Uh, Do you guys have an idea? Yeah, seven. Seven. And uh, you know Hyman, what's he at four right now? Hyman only makes two point two. Right. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully we can, obviously, if we use a way to get both and one of them, both of them decide to take some sort of discounts and cutbacks to stay, create a team that happens in the NHL. So very often, uh, that would be nice. However, if I came down to a situation where we had to burn one of the contracts, I'd love to see Hyman because, uh, I think that that creates the on ice representation that the leaks look for uh, in terms of grittiness, hustle, and uh, hard work. So, I, whatever the question is, Zach Hyman deserves to be the contract that the leaks look into more, I guess, over Frederick Anderson. Well, Josh, you said a lot of things that were wrong. Cause, like, I just think if you're a 28 year old, you're not going to take a two year contract because you're going to want like long term security. Not- Matt, yeah, but you're ignoring the state of the NHL. If he wants to be paid, he's not going to get paid next season. But, dude, like, him, him getting paid is different. Like, I think – I would not be surprised if someone gives him a five-year contract worth 4.5. I think he would rather stay in Toronto for 4.2. For two years, though. That's maybe, a lot maybe, of money. Three years. Yeah, so I just think definitely Hyman's the one that we keep or we should try to keep and do resources to. But one of the reasons is a question I wanted to get into with you guys. The narrative that it's a good idea – just to make Jack Campbell a 60-game starter if there's 82 games next year and just let Anderson walk and it's no big deal. I think that is nonsense. Like, it is, it's very okay. risky. It's so risky. You and have I think, to get a different backup. Exactly. Can't, can't go Campbell-Hutch. And it would be a 40-40 split, no? 
Probably 50-30. Who gets 50? The other guy? No, Campbell. Okay, well, like, I, he's never done it in his career, and I think the debate kind of is, like, I, I want to ask you this. Why are we so mean on Frederick Anderson and his legacy? Like, I think he was so good at he's bringing gonna, this team up. Because he can never, never get it done when it matters. Okay, but That's I could say that. Time on one debate I, could, I could yeah. say that about every player, though, Josh. You could do, but we got three more questions to get to. Okay. So, <laughs> we have to make these longer because I don't like I know, but we don't want someone to get their throat cut just yet. Okay, yeah. So, Brandon's getting antsy. No, I want to hear the rest. If you were in charge of the intermission broadcasts, what would you do to make them better, and why do they suck? I will repeat the question. If you were in charge of I'll the intermission first. broadcasts, what would you do to make them better, and why do they suck? Have the uh, reporters open up more cards on screen, because that was very uh, attractive to a large audience. I think it was fun when they just started opening up the card, hard hockey packs and explaining. Are you being sarcastic? No, 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 no. I like that, because it's oh. just not them. It's not them talking, and it's them. It was them explaining current trends, and they're explaining how uh, NHL should go into Top Shot, and I think that that really cool. Top Shot's really interesting. Uh, I don't know if you guys know much about it, but it's NBA Top Shot right now. They do it. It's an online platform where they sell cards and moments. It's really interesting, and NHL might look into it. It's a huge thing. Regardless, they talk about that on the intermission show, and that was one of the only times I was completely engaged. Uh, that has to do with my personal hobbies, but in terms for the general audiences, um, maybe some behind the scenes camera action and more players stuff, not this old reporters. Uh, I don't want to hear about them more in more Mitch Marner, draw him out of a plane dressing room, more Matthews, more from the players in the intermissions. Uh, I know it's, it's hard for them because they just want to break on the other side of the whole thing, right. On the other side of the conversation, but you know, for the average onlooker of a, a sports net program or sports hockey game program uh you don't want to necessarily hear an opinion from people who aren't uh, you know as familiarized with the actual playing of the game that night i'd love to hear someone's opinion from the leafs from the coaching staff from the arena that night uh i i agree with brandon a little bit on like switching up the content because i i didn't i didn't see what they did last night because obviously we were live um but i they always seem to do the same thing. And whenever so TSN boring. hosts, whenever TSN has the game, they always do the quiz and it's the stupidest questions with the dumbest answers. Yeah. Um, I hate the quiz. Like the people on it are entertaining, but it's just like not in that. The segment. Questions are clickbait only they material. Switch up, switch up the questions and like get into more, you know, actual conversations rather than saying that Mark Messier is the Tom Brady of the NHL. Um, <laughs> And then we also, I like what they're doing in the first intermission on Saturday nights where it's like they have, a, I forget what they call it, um, but they have like conversations about stuff outside of hockey, but that affects hockey. So it's like social issues and they talk about that and it's good to get different insights as to how hockey is going around that. Hey, but Josh, my only problem with that is they keep it so Ontario based. Like well, it's if an I... Ontario broadcast, right? No, it's national. The, sat the Saturday ones are, yes. But my point is, with the segment that you just brought up, I hear them talk about Grimsby, Ontario. I, I hear them bring up Oakville. I hear them bring up Milton. I like, think you're thinking of hometown hockey. No, Josh. Literally, on these, they always do a deep dive. Not where the players are from, 
but of um fuck what is it called just of around like they always like i just feel like they don't keep it national and it's not fun and entertainment because they always name drop little inside jokes that you have to be a hockey nerd to understand like you know what i'm trying to say yeah like, so let, let me guess what i would do i would switch up the panel every weekend so it's different people on there i'd keep the host i think david amber does a fantastic job and james duthie's a canadian gem so keep those two on there on their respective networks and uh, on there i would have a former player an analytic guy and like a former scout so you have eye test you have a for someone who played the game and you have someone who knows the numbers and let them argue like the tnt panel does or whatever there is no. I like how they have project, so I like the player, uh, the player retired player aspect of the yeah. current panels, especially like the, the fresh retired players like Bieksa and um, I remember there's a couple other players who tried it the paneling, but um, Berkey was fantastic yeah. too. Maybe Tony get some Roman former executives on there. Example. But they yeah, definitely do need to switch it up a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Next question, unless Matt's Matt Matt's opinion. Yeah, I'll, I'll go quick. I just think. I just don't understand why hockey, we have to make it into such like a little bubble. And I don't understand why they don't just talk about like hockey during the intermissions more broadly. Like, I feel like it's always the fourth line guy who's from somewhere in Ontario who finally gets his chance. Like, dude, no matter who the Leafs pick, put in, like if it's Nick Patan, he's Canadian. They do a story about Nick Patan. They do a story about like, you know, just Justin Hall. Like, I just think it's so annoying. And I honestly just want to hear them talk about Austin Matthews versus Connor McDavid. So I think they just have to change their narrative. I don't narrative want to see that every week, though. Well, it's only this year. I just mean talk about the top players more. Like, I just yeah. feel like it's such kind of a sucky loser mentality, just the way they talk. And their questions that they phrase make no sense at all. Like, they just say, who's the best defenseman? And they all give their opinions. But then no one debates who's the best defenseman. Because, like, when they did the best defense, it was the Canadian division. Sorry, the best defense in the Canadian division. Some of the answers were, like, ludicrous. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just think – I'm not so, saying turn it into more of a debate show, but, like, they got to make it way more engaging. Because, Josh, as you said, that you take your dog for a walk. Like, it's so boring. Yeah. Maybe that's what they should do, have Matt's debates on at the intermission instead. I don't even know. Okay, so these two are a little more light. Okay. If you could buy one professional sports team, but not in, not a Toronto team. Sorry, I'll rephrase. If you could buy one professional sports team, but not the Toronto Maple Leafs, what team would it be? Anaheim Ducks. Okay, Josh, fuck. Are you serious? Dude, I love the Ducks. Okay. How, how are you supposed to say fuck? Is it, I need is the answer. It, yeah, like, <laughs> it's my opinion. No, but usually people say like a big franchise, like, oh, the Giants, the Lakers. Why would can I you, want the Giants? They suck. Can you expand on why you want the answer. Ducks? No, but I just mean like... Why like, do I want the Ducks? Okay, uh, because I fell in love with the Mighty Ducks when the movies came out. Uh, I watched them win the cup when I lived in Anaheim, so I got that connection to the team. And I just, you know, I like their jerseys. I just, I like the... But I, I just want to buy them because I like them. I don't, I don't know how to defend it. Okay. I would buy the Tampa Bay Lightning. Simply oh, well, off. Brandon, oh, fuck. I fucking, I fuck. okay, I'm just kidding. But I would buy the Tampa Bay Lightning because, uh, like, I have familiar, similar uh, 
reasons to love it as Joe. I never lived in Tampa, but they were my favorite team as a as a young kid. And Stephen Stamkos was someone I idolized, and uh, they're really successful now as a franchise, and they have great drafting system, and they're in one of the greatest. Okay, uh, Florida's not the greatest governmental maybe run situation but the temperature and the situation and the living areas are nice to be so i'm sure the housing is nice if i was to be the owner and uh golfing and all that stuff would be great down there matt am i buying this team as like a luxury purchase or am i looking to get money back well i thought you would do both and i thought you would have some like good stuff i didn't think you guys would go for the most boring relaxed hockey markets like i thought you guys would say like the blah 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 soccer team like, you know buy, what I mean? Like, God damn it. I would buy the Montreal yeah, Canadiens just, just so I could ruin it. Okay, I was going to ask this question, but I think we need more pop. So this would be the last question. Maybe I'll throw in a soft one because uh, you guys don't feel very debatey, I would assume. So, question. Matt We're writing thinks, exams this week. Let's okay, fine. Matt thinks hockey players are unathletic compared to other athletes. Debate. I think they're unathletic because I think personally, when you look at athletes, you think about running, jumping, and strength. And I've seen Connor McDavid like just wearing a t-shirt. He doesn't look very in good shape. So I think hockey players are unathletic. What are your thoughts on my opinion? Are you being fucking serious right now? <laughs> I'm being serious. I think you have to be more coordinated than anything. Oh my god! I think god. it's it a different nice skill. It was a good week. Uh, I we think touched on a lot of interesting stuff today. Personally, one of my favorite was the, the, the Daryl Sutter hiring. Where's Phil Kessel right now? This guy's such an idiot here. Exactly. Phil Kessel is not a good – what other sport could Phil Kessel play? <laughs> such an idiot. He didn't get the punchline. That's funny. Okay, Matt. What's up? Connor McDavid skates at an average of 34 kilometers an hour. The puck is moving faster than that. These players swat it down out of midair. They're... That's coordination. Hang yeah, on. You're coordin- Hang on. That, yeah, coordination is athleticism. Uh, they're skating as fast as they can. They're hitting at high speeds. Their stamina has to last last over a 60-minute game, which could go up to three hours. They're sprinting. Okay, yeah, but you play I'm 18 not done. minutes of the game. I'm not done. They have to do that the whole time. They're throwing their weight around. They're constantly shooting, constantly battling in the corner. And, oh, yeah, they're doing this on an eight-inch blade of steel. Okay, but like if you compare that to soccer players who play the whole game, they're sprinting. They all have forty-inch verticals. I need the show to end. I need it to end. It has to stop. Someone's gonna get hurt. Josh, you think not... what? How is a like? They're not less athletic. Like they're probably just as athletic as a soccer player. Dude, no, <laughs> soccer players could be Olympic like track runners, bro. Like Olympic you know what I'm trying to say? Runners, they're Okay. Like the most unathletic sport is baseball. Yeah, that's obvious. <laughs> but I, 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 I don't. I don't know how you can say <laughs> hockey players aren't athletic. Least athletic in the whole professional sports industry. Baseball, yeah. No, you said hockey is the least athletic sport in the whole professional sports industry. I said hockey players aren't athletic as other as uh, as mostly other athletes because I don't think the majority of hockey players play another sport professionally. I'm gonna disagree because most hockey players in the NHL right now, or a majority of them, played lacrosse in the off season. Golf. Golf. You think Johnny Goudreau could play lacrosse professionally? He'd probably be a great lacrosse player. Yeah, I'm he sure would be. Fast as fuck. Oh my god, bro! 
Sam Bennett couldn't do a pull up at the combine. Like this is what I mean. I'm not talking about okay, but okay, okay. Now, on now, ice hockey stuff. Okay. I'm talking about in terms of physical. Could a defensive lineman in the NFL do a pull up at the combine? Could an yes. offensive lineman? Yes. No, dude. No. I'll send you a video. Jason Pierre-Paul, who's six four, three hundred twenty pounds, can do twenty backflips. How does that help him on the NFL field? No, but it's I'm talking about pure athletics. Athleticism. Didn't we just talk about someone jumping out of a pool a couple weeks ago. On Brandon, your mic. Your audio. Okay, he was saying something dumb, anyways. Josh, I'll talk to you. Oh, fuck you, fuck you. We're talking about how Chris Kreider jumps out of a fucking pool. Yeah, okay. Matt, you called Chris Kreider a beast a couple weeks ago. I did call Chris. You know, but like, I lo- I'm a Rangers fan on the low low, so I do love Chris Kreider, but. Okay. My opinion more is LeBron James could probably play in the NFL. You know what I mean? You're six seven. You're a fitness phenom. I don't think going to LeBron James playing in the NFL because I said these players can play multi sports because they're of pure athleticism. What I don't do you think Connor McDavid can play pro in any other sports? No, Jonathan Jonathan Tavares almost played professional lacrosse. Yeah, he well a major sport. No offense to your lacrosse players. Dude, no, th- like, no chance. Like, no, there could be no cross-athlete sports anymore because the Deion Sanders. The time and effort. Hey, not one of these cross-athlete players could ever do it with hockey. And that's because it's way too hard. And hockey it's, requires too much of yeah, an individual. such a niche sport. Like, the movements you make on the ice cannot be re- represented. You can play basketball. You can play baseball and football like Deion Sanders because you're picking your ass in the outfield for half the fucking game. Okay, but he's Hall of Fame in both, Brandon. It's different. Well, he's He doesn't even have to run hard when he hits a home run either. Like, you're just jogging around the base. All you're doing is sitting in there for the in the, in the in the in the position for a good old minute and a half. Like, you're just trying to hit a good one. And no, no one's trying to hit you with their, with their shoulder, going gunning after your head. You're not on skates going 30 kilometers per hour. Hockey players have, baseball, hockey players you just have to be in tip-top shape. In the bubblegum chewing contest uh, later on that night at the bar. Okay. But you have to admit, any, we don't have an athlete like LeBron, like Ronaldo, like you said. Sidney Crosby. Crosby. Okay, dude, you think Sidney Crosby is as athletic as LeBron James. Have you don't seen say that. Legs? Okay, LeBron, you can't, like, you can't. No, I LeBron am Josh. James. No, you can't because he's an outlier. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Look at your average NBA Dwayne, player. Fine, fine. Devin Booker. You think who the fuck Odell is Devin Beckham? Booker? Okay, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> hey, Shaq, Zion Williamson, Odell Shaq Beckham Jr., Tyreek Hill. Like these guys are actually just beasts and could have made the Olympics. They can run fast, but they can't play hockey fast. But playing ho- people who play hockey fast. So I'll put it this way. Do you think Connor McDavid could outrun most hockey players just sprinting? Probably I not. I, I don't watch NHL players sprint. No, but <laughs> I'll bet you everything I have. Who, like Wayne Simmons is not that fast of a skater, but he's big. Wayne Simmons would destroy Connor McDavid in a foot race. How do you know that? Okay. Would you would you pick McDavid over Simmons in a foot race? I would take McDavid in a foot race. No, a running. I take McDavid. Brandon. Over Simmons, Wayne Simmons. Yes. <laughs> Why are we picking who's winning a hundred meter sprint between McDavid and I Simmons? McDavid, just considering that he trains to speed. Wait, I missed it. Brandon, say it again. 
McDavid trains for speed, so I would imagine Connor McDavid sprints in his offseason. Okay. So. Anyways, last question. If you could play one summer Olympic sport, what would it be? I would go water polo and the diving. What would you guys do? Let's pause there. Water po- Why would you play water polo? That's an interesting answer. I just think it's so fun and it's something I've never done. And you need athleticism to play it. And I also... I'm sorry. Anyways... Yeah, I just think water polo is interesting and fun. I've never played it, but I'd love to try. What do you guys think? If you could do one summer Olympic sport, what would it be? Table tennis. Oh. That counts. But, like, you've played table tennis a lot. Like, it's not That's interesting or new. Okay, yeah, fine. No, you don't need to win. You're just going to play and represent your country for oh, fun. So I, so I can suck at it? You can be bad at it. It's just fun. All right, 100 like, you can do. 100 meter sprints on yeah, no, Josh, don't do that. No, don't do that. <laughs> like, but that's like, fast hockey that, players. Are. That's embarrassing, Josh. Because like you're getting destroyed. You just said I didn't have okay, trampolining. Is that a thing? I don't yeah. think that's a thing. No, it's like, in Mario and Sonic go to the Olympic Games. It's a thing. Do you have to do backflips or how do you win? You can do whatever you want. It's a freestyle. So, no, but like, do they just like rate you out of 10 or how does that work? They rate you out of 10, yeah. Okay. No, I I, I, cha- I changed my answer to European handball. I love European handball. Okay, that's a good one. All right. All right. Who wants Brandy, to sign you didn't give off? an answer. Yeah, I said table tennis. Said table tennis. You made fun of him for it. Okay, Brandon, give us a better answer. <laughs> okay, uh, skateboarding. Okay, one more try. Third time to charm. <laughs> Both of those are Olympic sporting events. But... Okay. Okay, yeah, Josh, you can wrap it up. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll come back next week. We'll have better debate questions for you because this was just an absolute gong show, those last three questions. Uh, Love you, Matt. Love you, Brandon. We'll see you guys on – we can do Monday? Yeah, sure. We'll do Monday. We'll chat then. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. I'm still talking because my mouse has died and I can't get to the end button. There we go. Bye.